Dude, Jimmy <laughs> Carter still hasn't died yet. Isn't that funny? He was put in like hospice care like two weeks Great. ago. Great. Now he's gonna fucking die in the middle of the podcast. Well, but listen, it happens. <laughs> let me get let me get the timestamp on this. Hey, you want twelve one, minutes? <laughs> one of the one of the kids. Oh, what does she want? Hold on a second. I, my mother's calling. Hold on one second. She's calling to tell me that Jimmy Carter died. Hold on. Hey, can I? Hi, can I call you back? Like I'm recording right now. Can I call you back when I get? That's okay. I'll call you. I'll call, Jimmy Carter didn't just die, did he? Okay, good. I just no. I just wanted to make sure because I figured when I I just mentioned it and then I saw you call and I went to Pete. I go. My mother's probably telling me that Jimmy Carter just died. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. everyone and welcome to another exciting edition of gfa live i am your host peter winston and today well this is more than just an exciting edition of gfa live is a very special episode if you will or the start of a series gfa live 136 through 139 possibly 140 if we break off the powers of pain post-match promo where mean gene has to walk them through it uh gently but yes, we are at Survivor Series 1988, ding, from the Richfield Coliseum, no longer standing, now a bird sanctuary, literally, in Richfield, Ohio, middle of nowhere, not even a place I would try to visit. And I've been all over Ohio with Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment, but the main thing that we did, wrestling related, was go to Heat Wave 98, and uh, certainly no regrets about that. And joining me for this very special episode is my amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world, a man who is definitely far too smart to go on social media and take pictures of himself brandishing guns, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? You bet you bippy I am. There's not even, I haven't held a weaponized weapon, unless you're counting a lightsaber. Um, since my days being in Boy Scouts, so there is no way I am holding any firearms at this point. How are you, Pete? Good. I, I don't even. I don't think you average twenty-seven points a game either, or, or no. whatever, whatever John Morant. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely not. No. I mean, I think I. Uh, well, I will say this. I did. I did go one for three um, at a celebrity softball game at Fenway Park uh, a few years ago. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> what one for three it was a bunt down the third baseline uh it was pretty close i hit the i hit the ball and uh my brother loves to say it i say i went two for three um but i got i got thrown out running the first uh you know waddling the third first let's just say but my brother goes no you went one for three i hit the ball and uh it was right back to the pitcher but there was like the you know the net in front of the pitcher's mound so <laughs> I think the pitcher got confused where it went, so he didn't see it right away. But I ended up making it to first, and then I scored a run, and uh, that was always that was a big moment for me. But the the funniest thing about it is that at the time, uh, the mayor of Boston, Marty Walsh, had shown up, and he was like walking in front of the third baseline. And so my brother tried to get the video of me scoring the run, and fucking Marty Walsh and his entourage like flopped it. So you don't know for sure, but I scored. 
So, <laughs> yes, I'm taking that as a win. You you scored at Fenway Park, but not in the same manner that Mickey Mantle once scored uh, under the bleachers at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I, I I know I've already talked about my one uh, thing on an MLB field, which was uh, I hit an opposite field double at uh, the site of Old Braves Field. Sure. <laughs> which like who gives a shit about Braves Field, Winston? Uh, the thing was torn down like seventy years ago. Like yeah. <laughs> that is that is true, and also it's not like where home plate was either. It was like where center field and right center field was. Listen, so. you got to consider it a win. You know, the other day I read an article that says that on average a human being uh, makes business about four hundred pounds a year, and I'm telling you right now, I'm considering that a win in my weight loss journey. So you know, if you ask me how much weight I lost last year, I'm gonna say I lost about four hundred pounds. You got to take wins when they come. Oh. Uh, when you said 400 pounds, I thought you were talking about British pounds. And I was like, what is what is this shit? Like, wh- when did uh, we con- when did we convert currencies here? Uh, that's 400 pounds. Sir. It's, I believe it's a- that, is what, that is what the British Bulldog was paid for his appearance at SummerSlam 92. <laughs> Incidentally, speaking of foreign currencies, and I'm going to consider this a public service announcement for everybody out there. Oh, if you buy tickets to a Toronto Blue Jays game and then you have to sell it on mm-hmm. StubHub for mm-hmm. whatever reason, please be advised that you get paid in Canadian funds and then uh, PayPal or StubHub or whoever is going to take 4% off the top when you try to convert it back to USD. I mean, I, I just I just wanted the cash at a, at a certain point and... Uh, it was it was fine. Once again, the uh, American tax system screwing us over. So you know. Well, the the amount of money from that is roughly equal to what I paid for your uh, non-existent birthday present, which I actually oh. told I told you about before we started recording here today. You did what it, what it was going to be and what was you it? Did. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never you never come over here no more. It would have been a, it was a it was a commissioned painting of one of the greatest events. In television history, <laughs> yeah, and that would of course have been uh, the painting that uh, Piomai <laughs> that was commissioned in The Sopranos that Paulie took out of the trash and had refinished and touched up. Yeah, not the original one where Tony is holding up the the glass of champagne and and is doesn't have a hat on. Yeah, we're talking about the the one that Paulie hung in yeah. hung in his house that we referred to ad nauseum during the. Lead up to WrestleMania eight when whenever they would show the Ric Flair posing with Elizabeth and the uh, horse. Uh, yeah, that's that's Piomai. And you never come over here no more. So that's, that's what I'm gonna I paid that, a lot to get the retouching done. That's what I'm gonna do for your next birthday is I'm gonna take that I'm gonna take the screen cap of Flair and the horse and Elizabeth and I'm gonna get that done you know, for you. You know, it, it's it's amazing that you said that because I really tried to uh photoshop a picture of tony with the horse into the painting that i made of like i I, so i took my my sister for her christmas gift was we went to a paint night and the painting that i selected was like it was like a barn in like the woods and it had like snow and everything like that but it was real like serene looking and i tried so hard to correct to properly photoshop tony with the horse so that i could send it amongst all of our friends and say like look i I painted pie oh my i couldn't get it to work I was very disappointed by that. Mm. <laughs> My Photoshop skills have long gone. The only the only photoshops that I am capable of, of the, at this point are the the one where 
my song. <laughs> no, when when Phil, of course, uh, when when Vito has been killed and they're at like the that that the house. The turn and, that off picture. And uh, what, what was Vito's brother's name? Luigi, and he has on the the bodybuilding. Turn that off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the turn and, that off picture. And you can easily Photoshop what's on the TV, and I, I've put you on there in, in, in various uh, things. <laughs> in fact, I think you put my me, me doing stand up, and very, very, uh, very apropos. Phil said, "Turn that off." <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no one wants to see me do stand up. Well, no, I, I, I think you, you have an audience out there. It's uh, it's not any of our friends, but that's 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 no, okay. that's for sure because I can't even get my friends to listen to my friggin' show. Yeah, no. um, that's fine. Well, the, the, like, the, like we like we determined a long time ago, those friends aren't really our friends, and it's the people that listen to the show that are our real friends. This one is for us. It's for us by us. It's that's a right. God maybe we should it. make a line. Maybe we should make a line of clothing. Put out some t-shirts. Oh wait, shit. And then maybe Kevin Nash could wear it. Or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. Kevin Dash wearing the FUBU shit was uh, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that so I don't even want to talk I can't even talk about it you, what, you gotta, I don't even want to talk about it uh, I, I can't even say his name Fucking nauseating But when we're gonna have uh, yeah. Well, Speaking of fucking nauseating uh, we, we gotta talk about like Sam Houston today Fucking uh, nauseating yeah. That's right <laughs> Where we're gonna cover the first match of Survivor Series 88 thing. Ding. Because I don't want to feel rushed through any of this. So yeah, we're mm-hmm. just gonna we're just gonna take one at a time. So we're just gonna start out. We, we have the original pay-per-view version, but we're you know, it's obviously on the network, and I don't know how much, if anything, has been cut out of that. But I know. You know I'm excited. Albeit, as I explained to you, I get a little bit nervous when we do these uh, big shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't want to watch the network version. I want the original version from the Coliseum video, if that's what we have. (laughs) Because we got to get any of the bloopers, blunders, anything like that that would have been, that would have appeared. We need the actual, as close to pay-per-view time possible. Yeah, I mean it's not SummerSlam '89 where where me Gene saying fuck it in fuck the middle of the show. Nice glue. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, wait, somebody's got to get that me Gene. Yes. It, somebody's chasing him down. Yeah, that was that was one of the great two Jesse uh, breaking balls on me Gene right behind when uh, me Gene was definitely checking out Elizabeth's ass. On sure. uh, the, on the March eighty seven Saturday night's main event, Liz walks off. Gene's looking at her, like staring his eyes directly on her ass. <laughs> uh, did you see that pervert Oakland? Like every syllable is enunciated. Well, the best too is like Mean Gene does that a lot. Like what a beautiful package. Like he mm. he's literally staring at Beefcake's dick. <laughs> But what a beautiful package. We got Gorilla and Jesse for this show. And this is an yeah. all time all time Gorilla and Jesse show. All right. Because of the uh the, the whole the whole business there with uh with the gambling and uh mm-hmm. I remember when you worked Londos back in thirty six <laughs> Gorilla. I I wasn't even alive in thirty six. <laughs> Londos. Yeah. Uh, Jesse. All right, well. Yep. All right. So. Oh no, no. Go ahead, Jesse. What? Jesse. Uh, 
<laughs> Jesse's military connections weren't, weren't going to help him against uh, La Casa Monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> the Don, Don Gorilla. This thing of ours, you can cut it with, uh, the electricity is in the air, you can cut it with a knife <laughs> that I boosted from uh, Chris's father-in-law's store. Anyway. You could just say, you could just say, this thing of ours, you could cut it with a knife. <laughs> so I'm going to hit play here, and they, they go right into the arena. Okay. Richfield Coliseum is about uh, 20,000 seats mm-hmm. built in the early to mid seventies. No, no luxury suites or anything to, to speak no. of. So it's just fans. Mm-hmm. It's a happening. Yeah. And all these people drove at least an hour to get there on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> this is how badly. Cause the population I, of Richfield was 150 people. <laughs> it, it's literally farmland. I mean, there's like a tractor store like down the street they, from where they this actually, was. The, the parking lot is actually corn stalks. They just, they just, they just weed it out. Like they, they cut some spots out for automobiles. It, there is, there is a lane cutout. It's like the only thing that exists that would tell you that an arena was there at oh, one really? point. Yeah, and it, it is on Google Maps as like a historical landmark or whatever. And when you show like the, it's just like an empty, empty field. Emmett equipment is right next door to it. I mean, yeah. I'd have to imagine that shit was there. Um, when so they haven't like reclaimed this as actual farmland. They just let grass grow. Well, it's a bird. It, like san- a- it is a bird sanctuary as part of um, Cuyahoga Valley National Park, which you can oh. see. Uh, I'm showing you the map right now. Yes. I can see and, a McDonald's up the road there, it looks like. Or... And the the logic behind putting the arena where they did was because they're like, oh, it's only an hour from Cleveland, an hour from Akron, an hour yeah. from here. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and that's too fucking far for, for any of them. Uh-huh. You can see, like, I-271 runs near there. Oh, there's Whitey's, Whitey's Booze and Burgers. A little <laughs> shout out. I-80, I-77. So, yeah, there's three interstate highways that are all pretty close, but what's around it? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah. You got Oak Hill Trailhead, tr- Tree Farm Trail, Canal Lock 29 Trailhead. Jesus Christ. This is a- Oh, there's some Boston Mill. Oh, Boston. Boston Mill Ski Area. Yeah. Okay. Cozumel Mexican. There's nothing around here. Yeah. And, what a and, shit show! Of course, and, and, the freaking state of Ohio does this. And that's that's the that's the flaw of the arena. And then in the mid '90s, the Cavaliers moved into downtown, and uh, this place was uh, essentially so, vacant. Yeah, yeah. This, this is the last show with the old with the. They only did that Survivor Series logo for the first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I yeah. like that. I like that one with like the granite blocks. Yeah, it like yeah, like it's yeah. I was just gonna say it looks like it's carved from marble, so granite works. Yeah, it's a yeah. great logo, and and it it evokes a mineral of the earth that survives through time. Well, they probably didn't want to use it for '89 because didn't '89 have hands of stone, Ronnie Garvin on it, and they didn't want people to think that the Survivor Series was Ronnie Garvin's pay per view. You know how like SmackDown is the Rock show. That's that's true. Although Ronnie Gar- Ronnie Garvin had a history on Thanksgiving night in Chicago already, and they didn't want to remind people of the, of that. 
<laughs> Here's a former world champion, everybody. All right, so Gorilla is now going into it with his intro. Damn packed here in the Richfield Coliseum for this World Wrestling Federation event. Survivor Series, it's going to be a classic. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, along with Jesse the Pilgrim Ventura. <laughs> Jesse the Pilgrim Ventura. Ha, I don't know about that, Monsoon. There were no underwater demolition specialists on the Mayflower, Monsoon. I'll tell you this much, Monsoon. If I had been there at the Mayflower signing, we wouldn't have had to starve and get the Indians involved for our first Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> I would have just went out and hunted and killed a few big black bears. <laughs> that reminds me. You and I, we should take a trip down to Plymouth Plantation. That would be really awkward and random. <laughs> like Plymouth Rock is the tourist destination in Massachusetts that just makes me want to facepalm like Captain Picard because it's like, like it's this proves the gl- this proves the global warming isn't real. It's like, well, yeah, they fucking moved that rock around like a hundred times because you had high school kids chipping at it at one point, mm-hmm. graffito artists, and all all this other shit. And well, it's and all just... like, look, can we not? Can we just not talk about Plymouth Rock anymore? If somebody had blown it up like a hundred years ago, it would have been for the best. But the best now is that it's in like this like pit that's got like a fence, like a cage, and yeah, it's got like a mausoleum basically built around it. But the best part about it now is that like you can jump down. But it's really hard for you to jump back up. So it's like people get stuck down there. Yeah. Plymouth, you know, not not exact not exactly the greatest place to go. Well, no, not, not pretty much anywhere on the South Shore is uh, you can you know, the South Shore is pretty much places you just drive through. Yeah, and there's no and there's no good roast beef places on the South Shore. They are um, inherently inferior to yep. to our area. Well, I think there is well, actually, watching Phantom Gourmet, I believe there is one I don't know where it is, but there's one roast beef place down on the South Shore. And guess what? It was founded by a guy who was from Peabody. <laughs> he turned traitor and crossed the map. Well, he, he, I think he moved down there for something for his wife. And he's like, this place sucks. Let me open up my own roast beef. place, And it's the only place you can get North Shore roast beef. Is that this like one place. God, it's probably in like Sharon or something like that. Some friggin town down there. You love 95. You love to mention Sharon as the. <laughs> as the epitome of all South Shore Massachusetts towns. It's just because when I was when I was first like when I was first driving on my own, you know, when I was probably like 18 years old or whatever and I and I and I started to venture out to like other places other than like, you know, Medford and Malden Square and stuff like that. Um I was I went up to visit my to visit LA Chris cuz he lived up in like Dunstable, which is just it's the city of Massachusetts right over the border. And then right over the border from like Nashua, New Hampshire. And yeah. I went to go visit him. And it's all the way up on Route 3. Mm-hmm. And as I was driving south on Route 3, I got to the to the section where it breaks off on a 95. And I thought that I had I was still too uh I thought I was like north still of where I had to go. So I got on 95 South, and it was the first time I had ever like really driven past like Waltham, you know? So <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm like, where the hell am I? Because I don't recognize any of the towns. And I'm like, scared out of my mind. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. This is before people had cell phones and stuff. So I pull off on a gas station in, like, Sharon, Mass. And I had to go into the gas station and ask the guy if he had a map. And I remember looking at the map being like, oh, I'm all the way down here now. (laughs) I had to get back on 95 North. 
Mm. That uh, yeah, you went way off course. You you were more off course than uh, the Nina the Pinta and the Santa Maria. You're right. <laughs> I thought I could find you. <laughs> everybody and get set because yes, there's excitement ahead. I'm giving thanks, Gorilla, because there's nowhere I'd rather be than scenic Cleveland on Thanksgiving night. I'm ready to survive. You. <laughs> Scenic Cleveland, even though we're not not even close to there. I like how Jesse's like pilgrim hat that he has on is very tall. Like it's almost a friggin' Abe Lincoln hat. Yeah, you'd have to take that off in order to to wear the headset. I, I would <laughs> I would imagine. I, I would imagine, yeah. Now there is one one notable thing that about how they introed this pay per view, and I don't know if they ever did this on an on another show. There. They're standing there at the announce position the same way they would at the beginning of Superstars, but it's not a green screen. Mm. It's it's where they actually are, mm-hmm. and you're going to actually see as as Monsoon does his Monsoonism speech, the the face team running to the ring. Oh, in in the background, and I thought that was a cool effect. It is because I don't. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, usually on pay-per-views, they either start off with, like, somebody singing either the National Anthem or God Bless America or America the Beautiful or something. And then there's usually, like, a backstage interview segment right before the opening match if they don't, you know, and they didn't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. And feel the excitement, the energy inside this building. The electricity is unbelievable. We've got action galore, and it's all coming at you. So let's go to our ring announcer, Howard Nice. So they they used that cherry picker, which they brought in for this show, according to Pritchard, so that they could properly film the 20 man tag. Mm-hmm. And there's the Buckman Street Barber. There he is with his beautiful perm. Introducing the blue laser! He doesn't even get an introducer. Jim Brunzel is wearing that Survivor Series ringer shirt that I wish I had. (laughs) I love that he's wearing, he doesn't even have a Jim Brunzel shirt. He's got a freaking Survivor. That's like Coco wearing the WWF pants. Well, the Killer Bees stuff isn't going to match the tie-dye. I know, it's just funny. But it is interesting that... And once again, I'm being able to connect dots a little bit better these days. And I mentioned how Brunzel didn't start wearing the tie-dye until Morocco left. Who's he replacing in this match? Morocco. Morocco. So He should have wore a Morocco shirt. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't think that would work. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They they don't want you referencing guys who got fired for, uh, for picking on Nick Bockwinkle. Or whatever the oh, okay. hell it is that he did. So let's let's do the math here. Uh, Warrior dead. Uh, beefcake uh, uh, very much still alive. He's still in the hand. Uh, Sam Houston still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Owen uh, obviously we know what ha- whatever happened there. God rest his soul. And then Jim Brunzel is alive. So they got three out of five. Not bad. My kid, my kid brother Owen. <laughs> I can't even say his name. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Goldberg. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Brett wants to blame Goldberg for that death. Yes. And now we're gonna get Honky Honky Bass mm-hmm. or Bass Honky. 
we finally get Honky Bass after weeks of talking about this fantastic rock band. Yes. And they're going to they're gonna walk to the ring. And I have mentioned this before, but I would just like to reiterate on the Ding show that guys walking to the ring that's not their music is a staple of these Survivor Series. And yes. my favorite one here is definitely Bad News Brown coming out to Hockey Talk's music. <laughs> There's nothing better. He's got nope. the same facial expression. He doesn't he doesn't give a fuck. He's like he's like, I was always more over than this guy in Stampede, but yet he gets to be the co captain. Yep. <laughs> but don't worry. What what we get from bad news here is uh not not the last we're gonna hear of him on this show. No. <laughs> uh oh, you know what that means, Jess. And I and I think the fans know what it means too. Gorilla calling him on his even better. Well, this is the night to do it, Gorilla, because you got five guys on one side, five guys on the other, and only the strong are gonna survive. Bad news is never going to be thrown off, ever. Nope. The only man who ever even came close to throwing him off character was Arsenio. Arsenio. Which I, I read a thing that apparently there was a whole issue with him going on Arsenio where he he, he didn't like it or whatever, and they they changed <laughs> like he didn't want to look like scared of the snake there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Too bad I already did a podcast on that and didn't have that information at that time. Warrior and Beefcake shaking the rope together as the camera cuts away to the Hubble Space Telescope uh, view. We had, one, we had one of those yesterday at the, at the Bruins game where there was a puck that went in, but like none of us could see it because it went in and out of the net so fast. And yeah. they, showed, they showed every fucking angle except for the one that's directly over the net that would show that like on, on the Jumbotron. It's like, yes, that... Here's here's the view from the Voyager 2 spacecraft. Like, who gives a fuck? We're looking at the roof of the building here. You know, it's funny. The the current view that we have right here, I believe that's one of the shots from WrestleMania that you were at. (laughs) Yeah, that was my WrestleMania 35 seat. (laughs) Uh, By the way, out of all... It's it's basically a camera shot from that freaking... Those seats that we were at at Raw that night at the guy. Uh, no, those those were good. That that was hockey press box yeah. seats. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I was asked, like, out of the four WrestleManias, which is your which is your favorite that that you went to? Yeah. And uh, the the answer is the one in the Meadowlands, thirty five. Wow. Yeah. Even more than that one at the Fleet Center for fourteen. Because honestly, mm. I remember how I felt during that show. It felt like a fucking house show with a lot of celebrities. That's it's just what... real. It's yeah. really funny that you picked the one that was 12 hours long. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, the 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 two night ones the last two years <sighs> it did it did break it up appropriately. But uh yeah, that that was a that was a fun day. Uh starting with Yeah, the that fact, was. 
Starting with the fact that I ran two miles on a treadmill before all of it got started. So I actually got my uh, I got my miles in. But as you said the other night, there are still people waiting for the train to take them back home, right? Yeah, yeah they're, they're still there <laughs> wait, waiting in the middle of the Meadowlands. We start with the Dream Team. Ooh, Beefcake's got the, I mean, Valentine's got the powder blue tights on. I love yep. those tights. It's basically his messaging of like, look, I, I want to go to Crockett right now, but unfortunately yeah. they're not Crockett anymore. No. And there's Danny Davis with his one bit of offense hitting a beefcake in the back with a knee. Oh, wait, he kicked him in the head a couple of times, too. <laughs> Just the idea of thinking that Danny Davis has, like, two sleeves of tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> like, that just, like... Now we go... Oh, I thought he was going to immediately put him in the... There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought he immediately... Yeah. This could be the end of Danny Davis in record time. Hang on, but and Hebner is doing, like, the arm thing so quickly. Like, we have to get rid of Danny Davis as quickly as possible. Get him the fuck out of here. He, he's an abject embarrassment. <laughs> Poor Danny Davis. <laughs> he didn't want this to happen to him. Jesse makes a good point about Beefcake should tag out here. Like, stop. Yeah, get, get out of there and tag Brunzel. I'm sure we had a, uh, as Warrior is yelling, come on, Beefer, from outside the ring. I wonder if your, uh, I wonder if your brother yelled, come on, Beefer, when he was slow on a hand, you know, making a decision. I'd have to ask. I think so. <laughs> he slow rolled, like, you know, a flush. Is, that whole beefcake playing poker, I know it. It's like that married with children with the meet the man who met Andy Griffith thing. <laughs> like your brother Brian is basically meet the man who met British Beefcake. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, we could probably get an interview with the guy who trained him at New Pro Windows if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of appeal there, really. Well, is there appeal? Possibly. I just like the fact that he then went to go like sell train co to tokens and collect and collect payment at the uh, MBTA afterwards. Well, to get a job at the MBTA, you know, there's a couple of ways to do that, and I I have a suspicion of how uh, how Beefcake ended up uh, oh. sc scoring that game. <laughs> no, not no, not that. It would no. be be a completely different thing. Blazers in there with uh, Valentine now, and. He is so awesome in this match. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yes, Jesse, we would have thought you were that 228-pound guy. Brenzel it makes me wonder, is there a, a Killer Bees Dream Team match out there from 86? Oh, the there has to be. The answer to that is who cares? Well, that is the answer, but there has to be. I think it might have taken place at the big event, actually, now that I think now that I think about it. And there's the drop kick. <laughs> Beautiful which, drop kick. Which which they don't even really remark on. 
sadly. No. They don't. And bad, bad news. Bad news going to kick the shit out of him there. There was a Killer Bees and Coco versus Dream Team and Johnny V at a certain point oh. on, on TV. Imagine if, imagine if Jimmy V was the uh, manager instead of Johnny V. <laughs> yeah, uh, he would be a great manager for the I Quit match. Never give up. Never give up. Now, if you ask me, they should have put Sam Houston in there with bad news and got rid of him quickly. And give give Brunzel the eight minute thing that when Sam Houston's in the. Well, but Brunzel is a replacement guy. You can, Houston was a guy who was originally booked in this match. But you can't. Sam, he, you can't. He's not pushed in any meaningful way. It That's, doesn't that, matter. You can't have. Oh my God! It's like okay. It would basically be like if a tag team of, like, jobbers is wearing masks and they end up going all the way to the end. (laughs) Yeah, but the conquistadors were at least established. They had a win over the British Bulldogs. That's funny. In Philly, I think it was. Maybe that was the Bolsheviks. I can't. Or maybe the Bolsheviks and the conquistadors got a win over the Bulldogs. Mm. Yes. All right, Brunzel with the S.T. Jones Memorial Charge. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> and there it went. I'm really looking forward to uh, Gunther being pinned with a clothesline here later on. Yeah. I like how, like, I like how one of the options at WrestleMania this year was would have been Gunther versus, like, Brock Lesnar, and that was, like, the match that everybody's clamoring for. And instead yeah. we get Gunther. And said we're gonna. Well, we're gonna have Gunther probably versus like. It'll probably end up being just Sheamus. I guarantee you. It w- there's or it'll be like a lame triple threat with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, where like the two of them will fight the whole fucking time. Didn't they and fucking then, do Gunther versus Sheamus at Clash of the Castle? Yeah, and it was like I, apparently it was like the best match on that show on that card. But like, pro- you, you can't do Gunther versus Brock because Brock has to go over and you can't have him winning the IC title. Oh, look, look at Bad News doing the leg drop there. Completely mm-hmm. flagrant violation. Because <laughs> Bad News don't give a fuck. Yeah. And of course, we know that Hogan is never going to say anything to Bad News. If Andre couldn't say anything to Bad News, then uh, Hogan sure is. Well, you know, you know the Hogan part of that story. Hogan's like, Hogan was like hiding in the seat, like in the well of the seat, because he thought Bad News was gonna take his gun out and shoot Andre and Stan Hansen. Oh, is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, Hogan's like, he he looks down, he sees Hogan like cowering in the seat well, and he's like, "What are you doing there?" And he's like, "I thought you were gonna take your gun out, brother." Well, that's adorable. I should have I should have I should have started the stopwatch for <laughs> Sam Houston's time in the ring here. Is it me or does Sam Houston's tights have a butterfly on his ass cheek? No, it's some fucking stupid Texas thing. Yeah, butterfly. <laughs> oh, here we go. He's bad news holding Sam Houston. Uh oh. Wow. He got nailed. I love that that's it. That's all it took. Yep. Bad news has a very uh, distinct line, and when it gets mm-hmm. crossed, Honky has to get uh, 
Hockey's the one that relates to bad news the most because they have history. Yep. That's all it took. One, one move. One move from Valentine. <laughs> and bad news and his pepperoni nipples is out the door. <laughs> he's on a one-way trip. He's not even looking back. Now, don't you feel fortunate he's not broadcasting with you? He's counted out. All that line by Jesse made me want was gorilla, a gorilla bad news team on challenge one week. You know, it would have been fucking awesome is if he went right up to the announce booth and there was a three-man booth for the rest of this match with <laughs> bad news just throwing fucking jabs at everybody in the match. Like that would have been awesome. Oh, that that'd be that'd be good. It'd be like when Sensational Sherry did that match at R- Rumble '89. Yeah. Of which she started out super annoying, and then then you got used to her, and then she was actually fun for, like, most of the match. Yeah. Well, you thought she was going to be in the friggin' match, and then she doesn't. She shows up, she comes out, she's like, hey, everybody, I'm Sensational Sherry, and then she goes to the announce booth. No, she says, I got winner. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, she got everybody all excited, thinking that somehow the, you know, card subject should change. How many times is Sam Houston going to do the run into a boot in the corner move? Uh, <laughs> it, ha- it, hap- it happens like 78 times in this match. Well, that's his That's his offense. Yeah. How is this guy related to both Rock and Robin and Jake Roberts? It doesn't make any sense. Well, let's just say he didn't get any of the uh, feeding as a, as a child. Yeah. He has about as much talent as the other brother that wasn't a wrestler. <laughs> Bass's wrist is bigger than uh, Sam Houston's thigh. Uh, this guy drank a lot. Like, I don't understand. Like, it seems like he would drink, like, one beer and be over the, over the legal limit. I, I wonder, that move there where he comes back off the second turnbuckle onto Bass was supposed mm-hmm. to be the finish for him. Mm. Because he, 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 it almost feels like Bass tried to catch him and then it, it just, like, lost the handle or whatever. Well, the best is Ron Bass just dropped an elbow in his face right there. Oh. <laughs> like, Pro- probably. But it wasn't on his chest or his neck. It was his face. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam Houston jumps over the top of him, doesn't go to tag out. Nope. Another, cor- another corner whip, goes into the corner, and this is where he gets caught into the power mm-hmm. slam. Beautiful power slam. Turn the lights off. Forget it. The party's now, over. Now, what would you give that power slam? Well, that's not a DiBiase Sawyer power slam. I don't, I don't, I don't rank those. Come on, okay. come on, Jesus! Haven't you listened to my? Po- Are you one of my friends who doesn't listen to the podcast? No, come on, huh? Yeah. All right, I'm sorry, John. <laughs> sorry. Um, and I know I've made the joke about Sam Houston being in the ring for 12 minutes, and, and we're only 13 minutes into the video. It just feels like 12 minutes yeah, when sometimes... he's in there. Sometimes yeah. it's it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a math class in high school. It just feels forever. Mm. <laughs> and now the warrior finally gets in there. Mm-hmm. And he's humping the air as normal. He air humps the air. Well, now the he whips. Yeah, he's gonna Ouch. wait. Wait for the last guy to get into the ring because you're gonna get a monsoonism. Okay. Valentine's down. Close line. Hockey's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Honky's in there. Honky's in there. Now Honky gets a shoulder block. Yeah, he, he's going to roll the comes, hell out of there. Here comes Outlaw Ron Bass, the captain of the team. Big body slam. 
Now the Warrior tagging in the Blue Blazer here. The Blazer's rocket launcher. They're, they're doing a rocket launcher. Well, very I, apropos because the following year the Anvil's on the Warriors team. Ron so. Bass kicks out of the Midnight Express's finisher. <laughs> well, where do you think where do you think Jim Neidhart learns how to throw Owen Hart? From the Warrior. The Warrior told him his trade secret the following year. <laughs> didn't he didn't he throw Brett sometimes too? Uh, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. He did that like weird body slam thing where like he picked up Brett oh, inversely. Yeah. 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 That was a good body. So, like, Brett would get up to, like, to like get adulation from the crowd. And then Neidhart would come. Oh, what a, oh, what a yep. botch. And the Thanksgiving night tradition. Uh, somebody doing a leapfrog and uh, basically hitting his nuts on somebody. Now, yep. Owen apparently did get hurt on that. Yeah. Yeah, his balls got hit. But he carries on. And, and you, you, th- that's the amazing thing about Owen in this match. Oh, do you think is, he like pulled a hamstring or something? Yeah, or groin or yeah. so, some oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. And and you can't, you can't even tell. Like, yeah. And he just continu- he continues on here. Like, oh, gut wrench suplex. Well, okay. I mean, you know what? If you grew up in a house where your father was freaking stretching your hamstrings and your groin muscles every fucking morning before breakfast, you'd be able to handle <laughs> it too. Jesse had great respect for the Hart family because he always put over Brett, even after mm-hmm. Brett turned face, and he's yep. all—he's always putting over Blue Blazer. I mean, I know it, it, there's no better, there's no way that Jesse puts somebody over more than by comparing him to himself, because that's mm. the topic Jesse loves the most. Yeah. Now, did Jesse ever compete in Stampede? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, I don't know if like during the AWA days he did. He was mostly like Kansas City. Well, I could I could check on that. Now that was a great finish there, where Honky sneaks over, pushes Blazer off the ropes. He lands on his knees, and Valentine immediately goes for the figure four. That's a well-executed Survivor Series finish. That, but that also per- notice that Valentine also turned the Heartbreaker around yeah. too. So yeah. again, kind of kind of saving, not totally burying the Blue Blazer because the only way Bret Hart the only Bret Hart the only way Hammer was going to get blazer to to submit was by turning over the heartbreaker well that and honky throwing him like he lands on his knees from the top rope yes and yeah his bass he's got some scores to settle with brood eye yeah he does oh brother brood eye right in the bread basket (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah you know, uh, I think when we get to that Saturday night's main event, we will have to cover that because, you know, it does have a hair match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one thing I have to say for, like, this match having having a lot of guys in there who are known to kind of work slow and methodical, this has actually been a very fast-paced match. Yeah, they, they come out pretty hot. And it, it helps that you have guys who can move, like, Brunzel and Blue Blazer. Yeah, yeah, but, like, Honky Tonk Man, Bass, Valentine, Beefcake, I mean, those guys weren't, those guys could slow down a match and no. wrestle like yeah. a slow pace, you know? Not I mean, yeah, lot... Blazer and Valentine are fast guys, but, you know. Not a, not a lot of speed there. But like, Warrior it, was fast, but that's because Warrior had to get in and out in 30 seconds or else he would be fucking... Well, he was fast and limited. He needed oxygen, he needed oxygen if, mm-hmm. after two minutes. Look at nobody wants to fuck around with the warrior though. I, the, the way they pushed him in eighty eight, eighty nine was ridiculous. 
Honky, oh, Honky going for the shake, rattle, roll, but Beefcake is going to backdrop him out of it. Mm-hmm. But the back of Honky's tights, notice that they say a uh, wild thing. He's foreshadowing mm. the rise of Ricky Vaughn with the Cleveland Indians the following year. As he should. That's what gave Charlie Donovan the idea to um, to use his contacts from the California Penal League. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, not sure I can make it by that. <laughs> I think you can. At this point right now, I think Ricky Vaughn is the uh, – he was, I think, the most valuable uh, penitentiary player. Uh, it's the MVPP in the uh, California Penal League. MVP. MVPP. Most valuable penitentiary player. And we got the Miz and Dolph Ziggler in there right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, these are two guys that know each other so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, Honky never really finished his feud with Beefcake, and then he moved right on to Warrior. This so is Beefcake's it. got some stuff to settle. This is it. I don't know if these guys ever had a match after this point, after this Survivor um, Series, this interaction. Yeah, you might be right, because Beefcake moves on to who, like, well, after he's on, Bass. He's, he's, he's on Bass, and then... He moves between, to, like, Deep Yassi and then Savage, I think. Between that and Mania, I think he had messed some matches with Rude. Yeah, yeah. But he nope. he wrestles DiBiase at WrestleMania, so you got to imagine they had a couple of couple of issues, and then right like not very long after um, Hogan in Savage, it's Savage and Beefcake. So yeah, they 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 moved Savage to to that I think mm-hmm. in part because they knew Hogan was going to be promoting that movie, so you wanted to have an alternate guy for for Savage. Interesting work by the Warrior there. He 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 puts his arm out like, hey Beefcake, get back in the ring. Mm-hmm. To try, like, hey, maybe he's not the idiot that I thought he was. Mm, no, he is. <laughs> this is not something that you're going to catch on a review that you're going to all of a sudden be interested True. in. True. True. Oh, so now both competitors have been counted out. Yes. So now Honky, Honky and Beefcake are gone. Yes. So now it's that... two on one. It's Greg Valentine and Outlaw Ron Bass. Ron Bass. Mm-hmm. Outlaw Ron Bass. <laughs> Bass. Honky Bass. <laughs> you know that Honky uh, eliminated Beefcake the prior year, too. Oh. It's the only time Honky ever pinned somebody with the shake, rattle, and roll on <laughs> a pay-per-view. Unless, I am, unless I'm completely blanking on something. Um, not that I know of, because... He doesn't do it in this match. He, he doesn't... doesn't do it at... Oh! Three. Oh, correction. He does pin Bret Hart in the first fall of the 89 Rumble two out of three falls match. Oh, he does? Yes. With the shake, rattle, and roll? Yep. I always oh. I always forget about that because, hmm. what, I, I don't know, I 89 Rumble for a while, I was just I would only put on the Rumble match and I would kind of skip over because I, I did stuff for that for my blog a long time ago. Remember my blog? I, I, I have all these episodes of Greetings to Valentine where I talk about it, and now it no longer exists, and you can't even go there. But uh, Oh, really? Yeah, and I stupidly, I don't even think I saved the articles either. Oh, uh, that sucks. I The, the only thing really worth, th- there were a couple things worth saving. Like, I did long-ass uh, WrestleMania 4, 5, and 7 reviews, mm. and uh, a 17-part look at Bret Hart's book. <laughs> you know, I just want to go on record. So I watched for um, another show. Uh, we did the Rumble rewatch 
on Stream Lounge, and I rewatched eighty nine and ninety. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell I'll tell you, man, those are some friggin' banger pay per views. Like the eighty nine Rumble is awesome. Like the pay per view itself is actually pretty good. Like you had. You had that Duggan Hart Foundation Dino Bravo Rujo match, which was really good. No, he doesn't pin Bret Hart. He's not. That's it's Duggan and the Hart Foundation against Bravo and the Rujos. I don't think right. Honky Tonk Man's ever pinned anybody in Wait except for Beefcake. What? Who did Honky Tonk Man's in the friggin' Rumble in '89? Oh yeah, that's right. I know Honky Tonk Man pins. I don't know. Uh, boy, you want to talk about Mandela effect there? Holy shit. I, unless, <laughs> no, because is it at, wait, is it at WrestleMania 5? Because they no, beat. But... No, oh, you know what? He he might have, he might have done shake, rattle and roll on him at five and just didn't pin him because Anvil broke up the pin or something. Yeah, because I, I mean, they, because, yeah, because they're not. They don't. That's the only time that he's. I don't think Honky Tonk Man ever did pin anybody with that. He doesn't pin Coco Beware at ninety at the Survivor Series ninety. In fact, I don't think he beats anybody at ninety. Mm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh. Okay. So we're now we're now we're nearing the finish here with the two on one with Valentine yeah. and Bass. And now Bass is outside the ring, so Valentine's the legal man. With Beefcake cheering him on as he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, now they're both in there. Bass is the mm-hmm. legal man. Now you know what I'm getting at here because Jesse complains at the end of the match that that the first guy that he pins isn't the legal not man. The legal man. Yeah. So I, I want to track this. All right, here comes a. I have to assume he has a tag. Yeah, he, he right into Valentine's boot. Now Valentine is the legal man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bass is going out of the ring, so now we're back in a one-on-one situation. Valentine is thinking right now, I hate my life because I don't like working with this guy. <laughs> yeah, did Valentine ever work Warrior? I don't think they ever like... had a one I don't think they ever had a one-on-one match. I mean, you'd think Valentine was the logical guy to challenge Warrior on the Saturday Night's Main event two nights after this, mm. but instead they had the Super Ninja. Uh, like as a mass dude, one time only, Rip Oliver. But Honky would have been another guy who could have logically challenged as well. But they saved that for the January one. All right, so now he whips him into the corner. Bass tags in again. Okay. And now Irish Whip, he's going to hit double clothesline. Now Warrior... All of a sudden thinks he's fucking Hogan in Japan here. Ichiban. And he's going to do the axe bomb. <laughs> Warrior wanted to get... Again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. Hogan was mentoring Warrior on promos during mm-hmm. this time period, it mm-hmm. seems. So Warrior just lifted his Japan finisher, said, yeah, bad news might have used the leg drop earlier in this match, but I- I'm not that blatant. I'm only going to use his Japan finisher. Mm. Yeah, that's why Meltzer gives this match four stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So wait, who is the legal man again? <laughs> uh, I believe it's bad news. Uh, no, uh, Ron Bass. Yes. And Warrior hits Bass here. He's gonna pin him. 
And Jesse's already bitching about it. Oh. Over for the top. He's out of there. Wait a minute. Valentine was the legal man in the ring, Gorilla. Oh, Ron Pass was. Yeah, he was. Jesse makes a mistake there. Yeah, Jesse makes a mistake. Well, Jesse's not one to admit. You know, he's not one to not make a mistake. Jesse's pretty deferential towards Gorilla. Uh, or, or maybe Gorilla is too deferential towards Jesse. He hooks the leg. It's over. Yeah, that match doesn't last as long as I thought it would. No, but the reason why we have to split these up is because the next match is 45 minutes long. Yeah, it's basically an entire superstars. And just so you and I just want to let you know that there is one house show intercontinental title match between the Warrior and Greg Valentine. It was on February 3rd, 1989 at the Bradley Center. Oh, so that night. Okay. Warrior Warrior defeats Valentine. Um at for, on at 343. I was going to say Valentine was like he wasn't warmed up yet. That was the whole nope. fucking problem. Nope, that house show Andre Andre defeats Jake Roberts. The Rujos defeat the Hart Foundation with special referee Brother Love. Yes. Um Warrior defeats Greg Valentine. Demolition defeats the Powers of Pain by de- by disqualification. The Brainbusters defeated the Rockers. Beefcake defeat Beefcake and Perfect go to a double DQ, and in a flag match, Duggan defeats Bravo, Bravo <laughs> with uh, with uh, Frenchie Kaiser. Yes. So but, is the main event's got to be Andre and Jake, right? Uh, <clears throat> well, the Bradley Center. I think we know what the main event was there. Did you say the, the house show at the Bradley Center? Yeah, it's February? A house show. Yeah, February third. Oh, that's when the fucking Mega Powers thing happened. It's it's on cage match. It says it's February 3rd. Yeah, but that's the untelevised part of it. That was the same night as the Mega Powers thing. And also Hercules. Yeah, you know what? That is really weird. I don't understand. Why is that? That's really yeah. weird. Yeah, cage match. Get, get, get your fucking shit together, all right? That's not, it's not a house show. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. I, I do have to correct myself Jesus. because now now I actually remember. Bret Hart took the Rougeau bomb for the first fall, oh, which okay. which is which is very jarring to see because it's not like the Rougeaus got to do that on. I they did they, they did do it on uh, to Valentine I think it was in WrestleMania three, but then but then Bra- Bravo came off the ropes with the lightest forearm ever and somehow that's enough to fucking pin a Rougeau. Hey that. War, if you want to watch it, that Warrior Valentine match is available on Primetime. <laughs> oh, the June the June nineteenth episode of Primetime. We should try to search for that afterwards because we only did like this is a very short show. We should see if we could find that if you can find that Primetime just I'm to watch right. that match. Well, oh, we have we have to we have to watch this up up to the end here. Some bad haircuts in the crowd that night. Well, it is Richfield. I can't believe this match was under tw- like twenty minutes. Yeah, I thought That's it was including... much longer than that. Well, it's no, it's seventeen fifty actually. I looked up the time. Huh. That's why when I was gonna, I was gonna argue with you that we should watch the next match, but it's forty-five minutes long, yeah, and it's a it's... tag match. So unless you wanted to skip the tag match and go to the third match, no, but no, no, we're we not. Gotta... No, I, I, I know I know the point that we're stopping at here, and it's the point okay. where Gorilla says, coming up next, Jeff. 
Okay. It is a happening. Indeed. All right, here here we are. Now, okay, I, I, get, I guess the one thing I could do is, does he say coming up next Jeff or Jess? Because he, he stumbles over it. Okay. So, I'm looking for quiet. Here in this opening matchup on this Thanksgiving night. Coming up next, Jack. Jess, a very... Oh, Jack. Okay. okay. I think you said Jet. I think you said Jet. <laughs> like he's uh, Tom Brady's son, Jet. <laughs> No, that's just his initials. Yeah. Look at, that. Up. <laughs> look at that picture. It's, oh, look at it. We have Kiss coming up. <laughs> Here in this opening matchup on this Thanksgiving Here we night. go. Coming up next, Jack. Jack's a very, very dangerous type match. <laughs> very dangerous because there's 20 dudes on the apron and we can't do Irish whip moves without somebody, somebody flying into the guardrail, Bret Hart style. <laughs> That does look at Axe though. He looks like he's he looks like Gene Simmons. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. I know, but the way that is because uh, it's like because it's the way the lighting is because you can tell on Smash too that the light like there's a blinding light in that picture they take because you can also see the light reflecting off of their gear, but it just looks his face looks so silvery white. It's just really funny. I want to know what the hell is that brown thing behind them. That they that they did for like this one year with the co-captains. Like, what is that? Is that like a slab of like rock or something? It's a slab of meat with mittens on. <laughs> I mean, mm. you you really want to watch the Warrior versus Greg Valentine? That's well, only three minutes and forty three seconds. Nah, we don't have to. That's fine. If it exists, we're gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, if if it, if it's on YouTube. I'm yes. not. I'm not going to the fucking Peacock because right. I don't feel like sitting through sitting through fucking three minutes of commercials for some fucking show that like the guy who played Danny Chung from Veep is floating out there at us now. Like, ooh, blockbuster or whatever the fuck that is. Like, no, no, I'm not fucking watching this. Like, seriously, it's bullshit. All right, we <laughs> may, we have to wade through the eight thousand videos of Valentine. Uh, uh, close. <laughs> Valentine shoot interviews complaining about working with Warrior. And there it, there is. it is. All right. Well, well okay. Time for another Kevin Hart commercial for um, DraftKings. Like, it, it, as if we're not sick of those up here already. I mean, <laughs> I'm fucking sick of it, and I actually gamble on DraftKings. This better not be one of those things where some guy and like, is playing WWE 2K15 or some shit. No, this looks real available. Oh, it is. Okay. The Intercontinental Championship. So they aired this on primetime. They must have edited the part out about the IC title. No, Yeah, but if they're airing it after WrestleMania 5, then he doesn't have the belt. Oh. Yeah. Remember in wrestling, it's about... You know, when you air something that matters. Isn't that right, Freebirds? Proud owners of a negative six-day title reign. That's right. I can't believe we're watching this. I just, I'm just watching it to see how miserable Valentine is. <laughs> you, know, it's a, you know, it's a riot, too, is that they have the main event logo right there. <laughs> so they have the main event banner. I'm a dumbass. I said, I'm going on like, no, man, it was a house show. It was a house show. 
It was a house show. <laughs> and we get uh, Tony Schiavone. Yeah, Tony Schiavone. And Lord Al. So the this man, the ultimate warrior, the intercontinental champion. And look at Valentine. He's standing there, but he better watch. He better keep him very, very close. That's a ridiculous length of turnaround time. This match was filmed in February, and they aired it in June. Oh, dude, you don't even know the half of it. They aired an MSG match from 1985 on 1980, in 1988 on primetime. <laughs> I forget what it was, but there, there's like a match that was like two and a half years mm-hmm. that they, they waited Warrior wearing the black. Do you think that because of the extensive run of Honky Tonk Man and Warrior that Jimmy Hart knows all of uh, Warrior's secrets? (laughs) Highly unlikely, Jess. Oh, okay. But they're both wearing black. That's very uh, weird. I'm confused. I don't know how to... I I, I can't tell the difference between the two. Can you? They're going to do that finish where uh, it's a small package and the referee raises Valentine's hand even though he didn't get the pin. Okay. Like like Valentine, with Valentine and Backlund. Valentine and Backlund, I can kinda see. I cannot yeah. see anybody making a, making the distinction that there's not a separate between Valentine and Warrior. Yeah. War, Warrior that won't even let Valentine get a visual pinfall there. He kicked out before the referee counted one. Joey Morella, uh the, the great voice. Yeah, that we learned hey, last week. I'm Joe Morello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on! What's going on here? We're just Why looking to survive. My brother. <laughs> We're just looking to survive. We're just looking to survive, like my brother Robert. <laughs> yeah, but... Al Michaels. <laughs> Al Michaels. Joey Morello's Al Michaels. <laughs> There's a very good reason why you don't pair these two guys up. It it it's a combination that just doesn't really work. I mean, yeah, Valentine could, but Valentine isn't a bounce off and sell kind of guy. I don't think. No, but Valentine, I feel like Greg Valentine could get in there with anybody and at least put something passable together. I mean, he he had a passable match with Earthquake at seven. Passable. Yeah, where, I didn't say all, good. I said passable. Well, he didn't. He wasn't given any time to warm up. Or any time period. Three three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, his revenge against the Jimmy Hart crew didn't go as well as the Hercules revenge tour. No, it did not. Although their careers basically flamed out shortly thereafter in similar fashion. Although I would have thought, you know what? I think Hercules and Hammer would have been a pretty good tag team. You know? Herc and the Hammer? Yeah, Herc and the Hammer. Oh, Oh, what the fuck was that? This, for anybody out there, I recommend looking at this match is so goddamn clumsy. It's it's really bad. Like, Warrior went to do, like, went to basically, I don't know what, do like a, just drive Valentine's head into the mat. Yeah. He fell to his knees, and then Valentine went, oh, and then, he, and then Valentine fell. Yeah, this, this combination of guys just simply doesn't work. It's kind of like I was watching the Battle Royal from WrestleMania 2 the other day, and... At the end of that is so great when when Andre boots Jim Neidhart and Jim Neidhart kind of does like a total like spin move and then just jumps over the top. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the best. Andre's foot is so powerful that he that he just went and then like went. Jim Neidhart ran around the ring three times and then went outside. J- Jimmy Hart just went in with the shin guard that he grabbed and 
Now, Warrior is doing the press slam to Jimmy because Valentine wasn't going to take it. Now, that's a disqualification because I feel that Jimmy Hart is like an outside object. Oh. <laughs> He's a and human Warrior, being, damn it. And Warrior had to cheat to win. He hits Valentine. Actually, Warrior, like a moron that he is, didn't even cheat. He grabs the shin guard and then hits Valentine with a middle-of-the-arm clothesline. So Valentine didn't even come anywhere near the shin guard, but Valentine sells it like he got hit with his own shit. What a fucking mess. Like, the Warrior put his face paint on for this stupid match. Ugh, I hate this guy. <laughs> I do. I hate everything about the Ultimate Warrior. I'm sorry. Mm. I, in fact, I get mad when people talk about him in, in, in a positive light. This guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, I wish I could go back in time and convince Vince to, like, sign Sting instead. And then have the Warrior take, like, well, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, take Sting's spot. Because it would never have worked. And then Sting would have been, like, the fucking... And then Luger would have had, like, a good run with the world title in the NWA. <laughs> because because Flair, Flair wouldn't have been able to say, well, no, I want to save that spot for the Warrior. No, no. Flair would have just fucking found an excuse. He's like, look, I I only will lose the title to Sting. I didn't no. say which Sting, so we have to bring in the guy from the police. But it would have been and do a fucking um <laughs> what was what was that movie? Ready we have to do a ready to rumble finish. We can get Diamond, the, we can get or, Diamond Dallas Page involved. Who's Diamond Dallas Page? Don't worry about it. Well, I was gonna say it would have been similar to the Phil Collins video that he did, where the Warrior beats him up. <laughs> yes, Warrior has uh, experience working against artists from the eighties. <laughs> from England. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I remember when uh, Warrior and Rockwell went to a double countout in the L.A. Sports Arena. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but you know that song, I always feel like somebody's watching me. You mean Rockwell's who's, one song? Yes. Who's the, who's the guy watching him? It's the warrior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just an average man with an average life. And then the warrior came and I said, who's that? <laughs> I don't want to work with that guy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's what we need is we need we need a bunch of videos where the Warriors beat. That's what they should do with WWE 2K23 or whatever is they should have the Warrior versus like several 80s singers. Like mm. have the war have a match between the Warrior and like Rod Stewart. <laughs> mm. Yes. All right. Well, that's the end of the first quarter. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I'm doing and, the referee signal. Like, yes. End of the first quarter. Score is 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> and, and, you know, we don't necessarily have to wait till the weekend to actually uh, do one of these. I'm just I'm just saying, you know. Uh, well, you know me. I'm pretty much available whenever you need. <laughs> I'm pretty much available, except for the 30 other podcasts on which I'm a regular guest. <laughs> You're like fucking Dr. Joyce Brothers now of the wrestling podcast circuit. <laughs> I brought my own mic. <laughs> I'm the Kevin Hart of podcasting. I show up in fucking everything. Fucking Kevin Hart. Why? Uh, why? Why? What was that again? <laughs> not X. Not Z. Why? Yeah. Okay. Well, 
Well, well, Robin, you've said it all. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a it's a weird show, and I've got I've got to got to remember all the natural order of things. We got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit shorter than a lot of other weeks, but but we squeezed in an extra match for everybody. So we we, we got a full hour out of this. Oh yeah, no, this yeah. is good. We yeah. got an hour out of a seventeen minute match. That's great. <laughs> And then, and then next week we have this forty-five minute monstrosity. But we, but at the end of it, we're gonna have the we're gonna have the promos. Yes. You know, for uh, Warlord, <laughs> Barbarian, mm-hmm. Bad News, mm-hmm. yeah, all all the good shit. And don't remember, don't forget, there are some team promos as well mm-hmm. during the like when Slick says exactly, and you get the Mega Powers. Hillbilly Jim is actually there. He's no, he's no longer just phoning it in. One of the favorites. <laughs> isn't isn't this the pay per view where uh, let me tell you is at the end of his sentence? Uh no, that's the WrestleMania five oh, when gosh. he runs when he runs the five k and Lord L was interviewing him and he's like, I am in superior shape. Like, okay, thanks, thanks, pal. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, well. You know, for for those for those of you out there who have enjoyed this uh, this this thing of ours that we do, you don't ever admit the existence of this thing. No. Please leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever fine podcast reviews are accepted, because it provides us most social proof that we are listening to that you are listening to and enjoying this. Po- wrong friggin' pronoun there. I know that's a big thing these days. Look at uh, the pronoun. You know, you know, my group at at Bruins games, I, I've yeah. now started referring to to a little bit as like La Casa Nostra, because ah. like we don't really accept outsiders, we don't really talk to outsiders, mm-hmm. or or anything like that. Well, you really shouldn't be, you shouldn't ever be talking about them because why? <laughs> well, you, yeah, you don't ever admit the existence of this thing. Exactly, that's right. And, uh, but. All, all I know is that uh, our little uh, our little cheese eating bit that we've been doing over the course of this season is oh is and, no and... it's known by certain members of the organization and uh, and, and actually has uh, a tacit endorsement. I'm not going to say an explicit endorsement, but a tacit endorsement. I, and now, when you're eating cheese, do you also eat something else? <laughs> well. I, I I always say uh, yeah, we take a side whenever Nick Foligno scores a goal we we buy the two dollar side of cheese that you can get at the concession stand. Now it became tradition to drink it like it was like it was a shot of vodka. Yeah, I, I made sure to have something where I could uh, mop it with. Have a breadstick. Yeah. Oh, good. So my if he likes to mop with his bread, it's not my fault. You better be careful eating too much cheese because you might turn into something. Well, I think I'm already there. That piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm All trying right. to look at you. I'm looking at your uh, soundbite, seeing if I can. Uh... And then once you become a fat piece of shit, there we're gonna have to tell you to do something. Oh yeah. He's gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> to the bathroom. Because if you keep eating cheese, you're no longer gonna uh, you know fit into something. <laughs> the jacket. <laughs> it's the jacket. All right, all right, that's enough. That's enough. And then, and then, of course, the last thing is, is if you eat too much cheese, something else is going to happen to you. Fucking nauseating. <laughs> no, it, it's not that. 
when you eat a side of cheese at TD Garden straight up, oh. the, the problem oh. with it is it's very, very hot. So it like burns your esophagus on the way down. Oh. Okay. And whenever something happens to my esophagus, I immediately think of Gorilla Monsoon because of that part in the match we just saw when bad news right in the esophagus area. And when you eat something really hot and it burns your esophagus, you tend to say something. <laughs> I well, I know what I say when I t- when I do. Oh! <laughs> and then maybe your friend turns to you and looks at you and says. Why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's another thing that's said that's right above that box right there at the bottom, towards the bottom. That's a no go. Yeah. I only had to do one because he only scored one goal in the month of January. And now he's injured now for the uh, season. So uh, it looks like um, looks like that's a thing of the past. Uh, when you put this up, you could put <laughs> fun with drops. <laughs> well, we're, we're just killing time to make it look like a really full show. But we're just um, all right. I'll, I'll I'll stop I'll stop talking now. Just just you know, just playing all playing all my goddamn drops like I'm a fucking DJ over here. Come on, huh? Yeah, I'm not Casey Kasem. <laughs> and now we have the uh, goddamn death dedication. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number thirty nine. Can we stop this cruel game? Can we stop this cruel game? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, so so we got the we got the twenty man tag next week. So um, you know, do do all of your due diligence research on the conquistadors between yes. now and then. Jose Luis Rivera. Uh, I'll do my Bill Simmons impersonation. Is Jose Luis Rivera having a moment? But first, Pearl Jam. <laughs> all right, that was that was So please tune in next time for another exciting edition of GFA Live. <laughs> Turn that off.